Hola Tom, hola Steve, tengan un excelente programa, ustedes siempre me hacen reír, están locos. Hey everybody, welcome to Masters of Profundication, I'm Tom Wisdom. I'm Steve Files. And um, today we're going to be talking about... Collections. And the art. Not those people that you uh, don't answer the phone for. (laughs) Not those kinds of collections. Not those heroes who keep the wheels of civilization turning by taking all your money. By calling. Their job must suck. Like if you work for a a collections call center to, you know, how many times do you call a house and they don't answer? That's got to be a sorry for those people. That's got to be a blessing. A little bit. I feel because, you know, they just try to do a job. They're just trying to avoid their own collections phone call. Right. And you're the deputy that's not giving the money to the people that need to get their money. So, I mean. Can you imagine, like, working in a collections call center and you dial somebody's number and they answer the phone? And then you, (laughs) oh, God, now I got to beg this person to pay money to something that they don't want to. Right. Something that they bought that they didn't use or did them no good. (sighs) But, you know, they that is still related to our topic because collecting whether it be stamps or dollar bills, it is a gathering of items. Indeed it is. What's you, everybody has a collection, right? Isn't that what I said? said Collecting dollar bills made me sound like I was talking about strippers, but I really wasn't. You want to talk about strippers? I'll talk about strippers. $2 bills. (laughs) Um, Inflation. 100% inflation for when I was younger. It's messed up. Do you think everybody has a collection? Yes, I absolutely think that everybody has something they collect, whether it's to the same extent or value or obsession, maybe that, that definitely varies. But everybody, if you are alive and functioning in society, you collect something. Huh. I have no doubt. What do you think? I, yeah, I think that there are probably very few people. I think that it's part of our brain. That's that's like lizard part of our brain kind of thing. Well, they say that flip side, you know, somebody that has like a nice serious collection or something is like a hair's breadth away from being OCD. It's just obsession. Right. It's not um, if it starts to affect your life, then it right. becomes... if, if you are spending all your money, all your time, all your resources on getting that one next thing, that one next bit that not even completes your collection, but just moves it a little bit further along or adds a little bit more to it, you might have a problem. But uh, if you're into some kind of collection that might pay off someday, then you can look back at the <laughs> and laugh at all the people that called you crazy. This sounds a little personal. No, no, not at all. It sounds Maybe a little... That, that last statement was definitely uh, <laughs> some justification. There was a big if in that one, too. Yeah. Well, uh, what's what's your collection? So, if anybody that's been listening to these podcasts hasn't figured, up, figured it out by now, I am a gigantic nerd. And with all things nerd comes comic books. So, by gigantic nerd, you mean you're like 10 feet tall? Yeah, you know, I'm the king of the nerds. I squish lesser nerds of my web feet. <laughs> that's what nerds have, is web nerd, feet. Nerd hier- hierarchy is decided by height. Giant web foot guy wins. That's every time it works. That's the law. So yeah, I no, I uh, I mean that's the nerdiest thing I ever did was uh, collect comic books. I think I never, I, I didn't do the whole buy the figurines. I, I've never even been to a comic book convention in my life. I just loved stories. I loved the characters. I loved you know flashiness. And I will say this in my defense, it's a bit of an aside, but comic books are not for kids. Not really. Not for a long time. Like I. My vocabulary became so much bigger after reading comics. Like, became much more prodigious Ooh. because of my comic book reading. Yes, your prestidigitation became prodigious. My legerdemain was impressive. Je ne sais quoi. What? Don't we fit Voulez-vous some sort of little French saying into every single episode? Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? C'est ça. <laughs> say no. I'm going to say yes just for the hell of no! it. Doesn't it mean, don't you want to come upstairs and knock boots? Basically, don't you want to sleep with me tonight? <laughs> yeah. Moulin Rouge. Sure. I know that. What does that mean? Isn't that just a place? Moulin Rouge. Isn't it just Something a hotel? Bad. La Palme Rouge. Moulin, the uh, Disney princess. So red Chinese girls. I think that's yes. what it means. 
Red so, Chinese. It does work. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, you collect comic books. Let me ask you this question, which it kind of goes back to the OCD just a little bit. Do you have any complete collections of anything? I yeah, well, of comic books or anything in general. Anything? Any? Do, uh, listen, I I doubt. I mean, I say I doubt. I can't. I can't doubt you when it comes to comic books. I feel like it would be uh, nigh impossible to um, complete a comic book collection of something. It depends on what. Because there are right. titles and runs of comic books that are done, are done, done. Right. Especially and I, if you get the indie, like, career-owned, this is it. Like, there's a popular one that's kind of come to an end within the next few months called Invincible. Mm-hmm. So this is pretty much dating the podcast right now. If you listen to this from the future, it's already over. But it's been going for, like, a decade at least. I can't remember. But it's, uh, it's fairly popular. But it's And it's a superhero comic book, which tend to never end. This one's actually ending with uh, issue 100 something 140 something i believe and uh yeah and that will be done according to the creator it's done but he is the guy that made it he's one that, it's not a rotating cast of creators it's not just you know this is spider-man spider-man's always going to be around your great grandkids are going to hear be hear about spider-man this is something that will be done with because it was his creation and he's going to end it so i guess do you have any collections that you consider complete uh the only thing i can say that i ever really collected is comic books so Individual titles, yes. As a whole, I'm still buying. I have, for the most part, jumped away from superhero comic books because at a certain point you realize it is never going to end and it's just going to be rehashing the same stuff over and over again. So I finally, after, I mean, I've been collecting comic books since I'm 11 years old. So after decades and decades, I finally, decades and decades, I'm not that old. Uh, <laughs> after a while, after some time, I finally realized, okay, this is just kind of pointless. Like, I've seen the same stories, I've seen the same arcs, and it's never going to be done with. So, I stopped going away from superheroes, and I've still collect combos. I still, I go more with indie titles and stuff that probably will be finished, and I do have some that are definitely done. Do you, do you still get paper copies of comic books? I don't. That was part of my purge a couple of years ago. Because I ran out of, I started running out of room, and I never, I realized I never reread most of the stuff I had. So, and I know I probably wouldn't sell the bulk of it, or at least the bulk of what I buy is not going to be that valuable. Yeah. So that's screwing. I'm just going to get the digital copies, which are worth nothing. Well, that's that, that is literally throwing money away. But the completionist in me cringes when I think about not having. A complete set of the same media or in the same medium and i struggled with this a little bit because i i fall prey to george lucas and now disney's star wars and i have bought um the movies well the the trilogy let's just say the star wars movies i've bought in every format that's been available (laughs) since the mid 80s uh (laughs) For example, I have the theatrical version of Episode 4, 5, and 6 on VHS, which I'm quite quite proud of. Um, then I bought the special editions on VHS, Episode 4, 5, and 6, which are trash. They're door stoppers. But they sucked me in and had me buy them. Now, that was the stuff that came out in the mid-90s? Yeah, when they did yeah. the special editions, and that's the whole uh, Greedo shoot yeah. first and java in the hangar and all that stuff yeah okay. all kinds of added footage which i don't you know we'll we'll talk about that some other day yeah, i'm <laughs> <But> sure <laughs> i don't agree with that anyway so i've bought the special editions and uh, vhs four five and six and both special edition and theatrical release and then uh dvd came around and i bought episode four five and six on dvd but they're the special editions now, to my knowledge, they have not released the theatrical versions on DVD and or Blu-ray, but I I also bought episodes one, two, and three, even though I'm not a fan of the films. They are, I'm the completionist in me. Right, right. I have to have those. So now we're jumping to another medium, and I want the Blu-ray. I'm basically when when uh, I married my wife, we combined our DVD collections, and it's a it's grotesque. It's <laughs> it's more DVDs than any <laughs> couple need to have. So they're actually sitting in a. Oh, band that's great! I thought you meant like somebody like you were clashing on tastes a little bit. Like you had a dividing line down the cabinet, hers and his, and no, we looked at her side or something like that. Surprisingly, we didn't have a lot of duplicates. Not a not too much. But um, anyway, so now that we've kind of abandoned the DVD, we still have them, and we pop them in every once in a while. It's really hard to find 80s, um, 80s movies 
in any format other than DVD right now. We don't have a VCR, so. Um, so do you keep? You still have your VHS, though, so like we not just yeah, Star Wars, yeah, and, and, and <clears throat> excuse me, we we do have a um, two VCRs actually. They're just not hooked up. They're not they're not hooked yeah. up to anything, but. As part of our normal media center in our living room, in our bedroom, we have Blu-ray player, which plays both DVDs and Blu-rays. But we've abandoned the DVDs for the most part. Now, anything that we really, really wanted, uh, we're buying on Blu-ray. And I realize that, you know, people are moving away from buying, uh, you know, physical discs. Yeah, but mediums in general. <laughs> I I love listening media. media. Media and medium at this point are the same thing, but well, mediums uh, would be technically incorrect. I think. It's correct. Like I said, nerd. If you want it to be correct, it'll be correct. But what I'm saying is that I love to watch audio commentary on DVDs and Blu-rays with the size, with the amount that they can fit on the disc. I love checking all that out. You never ever find that, like on a streaming or a digital download, or anything, do you? Well. Yes, and here's where I'm getting is, um, so she wanted to watch episode seven. I saw it in the theater without her, (laughs) but uh, she wanted to see it, and it had come out on Amazon, so I actually purchased it on Amazon. So now I've broken the chain, and I I have DVDs, physical copies of DVDs of the movie. I have the um, Amazon digital copy and on that digital copy if you watch it all the way past the uh, previews i'm sorry not the previews the credits it plays like a an hour and a half documentary on the making of episode seven Uh which is cool all by itself but then you don't get the director's commentary the actor's commentary i can't sit and watch that listening to the director talk about how they you know how jj abrams did x y and z which that's the kind of stuff i like to do so then when I was looking at Rogue One, Rogue One's out on Blu-ray and I'm like, "Oh, now I got to get blue I got to get Rogue One on Blu-ray to, you know, to complete my collection." However, it's not really the collection that I'm looking for. I'm looking for episodes 1, 2, and 3 on Blu-ray, the way, you know, their th- theatrical release, 4, 5, and 6 on Blu-ray, their theatrical release, not the special mm-hmm. editions. And then episode 7 and then of course 8 and 9 will follow, but then I want Rogue One on Blu-ray. I want them all on Blu-ray, but I want the theatrical release, 4, 5, and 6. Wow, that's a long way to go for that. But what I'm saying is, is the completionist in me almost thinks, what's the point now? Because I've just purchased Episode 7 digitally, and a day's going to come where a Blu-ray is going to be just as hard to find as a VCR. Take yeah, it. well, I mean, but you get it, though, right? Like that That's the obsessive... That's the compulsion part. That's the... I've started, I can't finish until yeah. I, like, I can't give up. Like, it's almost like you've betrayed yourself if you give up. Yeah. And it's a poignant, like, a, it's a very visceral feeling. A lot of times, if you give up on something that you've invested time, effort in, uh, I mean, this is a, this is for so many things, too. Like, I feel like collection doesn't necessarily have to be physical objects. So, we've talked about this before, maybe we've mentioned it before, like, I... I'm weird with the Simpsons. Yep. In that up until this current 2016, 2017 season, I am almost positive I've seen every single episode of the Simpsons. And I hate it. I hate myself for it because the first, <laughs> you know, eight or nine seasons are, I, I've, I'll say it every day of my life. It's like some of the best TV ever created. After that, it went off a freaking cliff. Yeah. And especially when you get into a season like 19, 20, 21, it was crap. But I kept watching because I felt like I, it was like a mental collection. It was a, I felt like I was betraying my past self for investing that much time and effort right. if I didn't keep up with it. Like, what was it all for if I don't keep doing it? And so, like, last week when you are talking about, yeah, you're going to keep watching. Yeah, you're right. I will <laughs> binge watch the crap. I'll put it on the background if I need to just so I can say I have watched all the Simpsons episodes. Yeah. And I'm praying for the day. I'm an atheist who's praying because I want the Simpsons <laughs> to end so I can stop and get this yoke away have, from my neck. Have mercy. Um. Well, a friend once told me that because I'm, I guess, borderline when it comes to OCD wanting to complete something. I do have, and I went to great lengths. This is one of the things I wanted to talk about. Is I have two things, possibly three, but I believe only two things that are collections that are 100% complete. 
I've of all my collections, all the things that I've picked up and all the things that I've wanted to have that um, are what I consider my collections. I only have two that are technically completed collections where I have everything. Burger King cups. No, I wish. Oh God, <laughs> I don't have the uh, a New Hope uh, Burger King oh. cups. I do have. Uh, that's one thing that I spent a lot of money on eBay trying to complete that collection is uh, those Star Wars Burger King glasses back in the day. Yeah, when those you, go back to the seventies. I mean, yeah, and you go, right? yeah, you'd go to Burger King and you'd order a meal, and they'd give you like this, you know, really heavy duty glass, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you could you're gonna you're gonna keep this for the rest of your life. They don't do that kind of stuff now. Now oh, it's, everything's so cheap. Um, I'd say. Anyway, what I was driving at is um, I'm not OCD, but I, I guess you could call it I'm particular. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have a problem. I don't. I swear. I don't. Uh, especially more recently. Um, just I saved that. And the one thing that I just almost killed myself trying to finish <laughs> this com- collection. The first thing I'll say is um, I have my complete collection is trading cards. Of what? And uh, the X-Files. talking about nerds season three of the x-files they put out uh tops put out like a trading card with cool artwork and stuff like that and this was prior to the internet prior to you know ebay and all those things i went and i bought packs i bought packs upon packs upon packs of um x-files trading cards until i completed my collection now here's the funny thing is I have seven complete collections. <laughs> that's, oh, that sounds great. That's yeah, X Files season three. To be no, specific. yeah, you're not. You don't have a problem. You're not compulsive at all. <laughs> but you know that was also 21 years ago, right? 96. Uh, but I guess most recently, and I'm probably going to pass this on to my children. But I have every. Impulsive. Yeah, this is bad. This is really bad. And I broke the bank to do this. I have every Disney and Pixar, but anything under the Buena Vista distribution umbrella, um, animated right. feature films on Blu-ray, which is that is anybody that's listening that knows anything about Disney video knows exactly what kind of challenge that is because they will release a movie and ha- it'll have a run and then it'll go in a vault. And it stays in the vault for like seven years, and they won't Which release it again. Kind of like a genius marketing point for them, because everybody once that thing comes out of the vault, it scrambles for. Yeah. Yep. Now let me let me ask you how, if you uh, you're so good at this, like you you paid attention to when stuff comes out of the vault and you jump on it. Mm-hmm. Do you have Song of the South? No. And <laughs> I don't. I don't technically consider that an animated feature. Um, well, there's that's, animation. There's animation in it, but it's not a it's not an animated feature. Much to the much the same way that uh, Mary Poppins features animation, but that's not an animated movie. So, Song of the South will never, ever, ever be released by Disney ever, ever again. You you might be lucky to find a dubbed VHS copy on eBay being sold from Europe. You know what I mean? Or China. Which is weird because I know I saw it on TV when I was a kid. Like, I've seen that and, movie. Yeah, I'm sure you did. And back in, like, the 70s and 80s, before there was, you know, people, there was a VCR in every home and those types of things. I mean, they played that kind of stuff. And maybe people were a little bit more relaxed about racism. <laughs> now, or just quieter about it. Well, not necessarily relaxed, but more less condemning of people that show <laughs> yeah which he's happy he was he's whistling and stuff he, it's fine it's good yeah and i don't i couldn't tell you i I don't remember it i remember i've seen snippets i think you can go to youtube and probably see a snippet or two i don't think you can watch the whole thing but, and you can certainly listen to the music the music's been released over and over and over countless times. That's available. Yeah, I mean, like zippity doo dah, you know, yeah, that's stuff a, like that. Kind of a but, classic. You just don't realize where it's coming from. I guess. Right. I guess that if I were if I were buying every single Disney movie, because Disney movies incorporate more than just the animated features. If you were, if I were trying to do that, yes, that would be an incomplete collection until I had that. And again, I would probably have to pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get it on Blu-ray. 
because yeah. then it would be a dubbed copy and then burned, dubbed and then burned. But I'm talking, I have uh, the blue case with the Blu-ray, and in most cases, the Blu-ray and the DVD um, for every animated feature. And that takes some doing. It did because there were three, I want to say there were three that had not been released in the United States on Blu-ray. It just hadn't. I had to actually uh, go to like Great Britain's version of eBay, you know, like <laughs> eBay GB. Dot oh, okay. As I say, is it eBay? Just everybody's version of eBay? Well, it's, I had to, yeah, I had to. Yeah, I get, I get yeah. From England. Dot UK or something. Yeah. yeah, there were like Hercules. They're, they've since released a few of them um, in America, but um, at the time when I was putting this collection together, they didn't have that. So yeah, I went to great lengths. I'd say great lengths, and probably somewhere on the average of twenty to twenty five dollars per movie. And I'm looking at them right now, and I have three shelves, four shelves worth. <laughs> <laughs> See, but, you just do it in installments. You don't even notice. That's the way it works. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. And I, yeah. I have a, a weird affinity for Disney classics. So and that is what collecting is all about is like filling a gap inside you that you maybe even didn't know you had until you start. But okay, I, I, I got a question for you. Yeah. When is, so if you're a collector and let's say you're a collector of like an important collector, like you get like very rare items that nobody else can find or very few other people. Mm-hmm. Do you think you can, it is possible to separate the item from the value? Like, okay, here's an example. Like if you could get a hold of like a first print edition of Mein Kampf, would you do it? Uh, well, it's, that's not banned, right? It's not a band. Well, it depends on where you like. I was banned in Germany for years and years and years. I guess I think I remember reading it was just recently allowed to be printed in Germany as long as it was printed with like footnotes, you know, like saying how screwed up it all was. And that's the only, that's the only version that's allowed in Germany. Uh, uh, well, I guess <laughs> then it becomes collecting is um, like in the eye of the beholder kind of thing. Like, well, it's kind of yeah. like the Song of the South, too. Like, a lot of people hate it, but if you found, like, a vintage, old, pristine copy of the, you know, film reel. Yeah, if you found the film reel, would you be... Yeah, I, I think that you could get a hold of that, and it would retain some kind of value, and there's a market for that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, There's all kinds of things like that, like Tom Brady's jersey. Tom Brady's jersey was stolen after the Super Bowl. Right. And some Mexican journalist stole it, and he had stolen a bunch of other things and took it back for his private collection. The minute he stole that and it was reported stolen, its value went to zero dollars. Right, because you could never cash in on it. But its personal value would still be high. You can still see the display case and show people and say, look what I got. Yes. you don't have and could never have. Right, which is completely stupid and which is what he did. That's how he got caught. The yeah, problem is, is, I mean, what's weird is why would you have such a thing? Why would why would you have it if you couldn't share that you have it other than for your own personal benefit? And something that is as high profile as Tom Brady's jersey, you know, that's one of those things that, you know, you could squirrel that away in a closet and know for the rest of your life that you've got that. But, I mean, that that's a true mental disorder where... There's- yeah, well, there's. If you think about it, this is like the conundrum that any kind of art thief deals with. There was this book that came out a few years ago called The Goldfinch. I think mm-hmm. it won a Pulitzer. I read it; it's pretty good. I, I I liked it. But one of the things was like this, and it's a real painting called The Goldfinch. It's a picture of a goldfinch, you know, as a bird. That this the premise was: this kid was in, I think, a terrorist attack, and he was in a museum. And like in a daze, he grabbed this painting and tried to keep it safe because this guy told him to. But instead of turning into authorities when he could, he just kind of kept hold of it for years. Or at least he thought he did. But he had, not to spoil it for anybody that wants to read it. But anyways, the whole thing was this painting made its rounds in like this black market where everybody knew what it was and was using it as a trading chip. Like, okay, we'll do this deal with you. You throw this goldfinch in its collateral. And then it would trade hands over and over again. Nobody could ever cash in on this thing. But because it had intrinsic value, because it was a one of a kind from a famous artist, had a famous story even because it went missing from this museum. It became it was, its own it currency. Value. Right. It became its own form of currency, but a currency you could never, ever trade in for real value because who right. would ever buy a stolen painting? 
Right. Right. I mean, the only people that would would be eccentric millionaires that would pay big money for it and stick it somewhere where they can only show people they absolutely trust it. Right. So well, there's where a, does value of a collection come from? That's the craziest thing. There's a book, and they're making it into a movie. I don't know when it's coming out. I, I can't remember the name of it. It's something like The Billionaire's Vinegar or something like that. Have you ever heard of that? Is that about wine tasting? Yeah. Well, it's about it's about wine collecting and okay. the fraud. It, it, wine collecting all by itself has be, has become a fraudulent industry. They There are wine collectors that um, have paid large sums of money to have their collection tested. And it's something absurd like a third of their entire collection that is valued at X, you know, is determined to be fraudulent. Oh yeah. I did. I have heard about, maybe not this particular movie, but I've heard about that. Right. But I mean, well, the movie is about a guy who it's a true story. This guy that, uh, I guess Thomas Jefferson had, uh, vineyards and his wine was highly sought after. And then the last bottle was supposedly uncorked or whatever. And, uh, this guy over in Paris said he was doing construction on a building and knocked down a wall and found an entire collect, you know, a huge hmm. collection of Thomas Jefferson's wine. And he, what he had done was he had gone to giant lengths to figure out how to how to fraud people, you know, how to try and say make forgeries, basically. And he he tricked a lot of people and sold a lot of the bottles and made a lot of money and then he was outed and yeah. still i think to this day caught up in lawsuits and he said she said and all kinds of stuff like that and i think that's what the movie is about but um anyway it's those collections well actually i know that they've shut down but one of the one of the things was these waiter uh, waiters and waitresses had kind of a an underground cash cow, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Uh, they had the ability to take these bottles of wine, these expensive bottles of wine, you know, show them, uncork them, pour them, keep the bottle, sell the bottle for, you know, huge sums of money. And then somebody would piss in the bottle and cork it and fix it. Back <laughs> up. I mean, not, I won't say that they pissed in it. I mean, they throw some, you know, boxed wine. Yeah. yeah. Night train. Who's going to open it? You know, yeah. you have Wild something Myers rare and yeah. expensive. You're not going to drink it. Well, and that's the thing, and that's the what it's all getting down to is all these people that have these humongous wine collections. A portion of that collection is going to be fraudulent, and they've they've set a bar now with all these people that have gone and done tests on their collection. Now there is a bar set where if you have a collection, this many are going to be fakes. Hmm. So it's. I guess it's just it's part of collecting and you know it would be sad to have a collection and know that I I've been faked out of a, a certain percentage of them. and there now, are certain things that you wouldn't be able to fake but I mean we're talking some really high end stuff going on so I, I imagine a scenario like if I was sitting there and if I if I you know became like uh you know powerball winner millions and millions of dollars had all this extra money to throw away and I felt like I want to become a high society snob and I want to become a wine collector. Mm-hmm. And I found out, you know, maybe I never heard of any of this stuff. And I found out this, I, I paid $5 million for a, a, you know, wine cellar full of rare vintages and whatnot. And then, oh yeah, like two thirds of that is crap. Like you might as well go to Walmart and get the box wine and you're going to get the same thing. You're just paying for the bottle. And I found that out, but I found that out discreetly. I really think, I really truly think I wouldn't tell a soul. Well, you, yeah, you'd, They'll take people down to my wine cellar tours and show them. Yes, I have the uh, 1984. Wait, 1984. That's probably not going to be a super expensive bottle. Well, they're, they're probably. 1894. 1894. <laughs> 1794. That's right. I've got, I have I have Jesus wine. He, this, this, I got the stuff he turned from water to <laughs> yeah, wine. This Let's is the bottle. Stuff. Boom. Funny Those story. Arimathea saved it. When I was I a kid, when I was you told me I'm wrong. We were in church, and I saw the trick that the the minister pulled with the. Uh, he'd had one one glass, you know, that had water in it, and he pours it into a bucket, and then pours the bucket in back into the glass, and then it's turned into wine. It blew my mind. What I the was hell? Like, 
I was I was a kid, you know. No, I mean your church was way better than the church I went to. I never <laughs> saw that crap. Yeah, so it was the demonstration of Jesus turning the water into wine. Wow! And the minister had a glass a glass that you could see through that was water, and then he had a bucket. And now, obviously, the bucket had food coloring in it. You know, now that's obvious to me. But when I was a little whippersnapper and I was sitting in the pew and I was up there watching, and he's doing the demonstration, and he pours that clear glass of water into the bucket and then pours the bucket back into the glass, and it's red. Oh. Sign oh me God. up. I'm going straight <laughs> to heaven. Jesus is just all right with me. Yeah, that, that never ceases to. I mean, that was great. That when I would, that my little teeny child brain thought that this is awesome. This is magic. It's magic. You know, the, you might as well have been David Blaine. <laughs> the coolest thing I ever saw in my church was this: this guy could fall dead asleep with his head still up, like not nodding down, not lolling back on his neck. He yeah. could sit up straight. As he was dead asleep. That was the closest I ever saw to a miracle in my church <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. So, you know, Mr. Foss, if you're listening, you're still my hero, man. That was the awesomest thing I ever yeah. saw. That and on Christmas Eve, we'd go and somebody would be up on the roof, you know, pounding. And they'd be like, oh, they're the reindeer. And we were, all us kids were just like, oh, my God, <laughs> Santa is on the roof. Yeah, good times. Anyway. There's another good collection. I knew people that collected, like my mom, sort of, liked to collect ornaments. Nah, yeah, she wasn't crazy about it, but she liked yeah. every ornament she had was, you got it fun. <laughs> every ornament she had was uh, meaningful. You know, like she had, she wasn't just buying like boxes of them at Walmart or something like that. Right. Okay. Not everyone. Most of them. My, um, my mother collected Coca-Cola memorabilia and it was quite a collection. She had, she had uh, I don't want to say a room dedicated to it, but the hallway uh, leading up to the stairs had, she had a vintage poster that somebody had gifted to her. She had, she had a lot of vintage stuff, Coca-Cola. Um, and she ended up just a few years ago selling that off. And I know that she didn't make huge profits off it, but I think she made all her money back plus some. Was she happy to do it? Like, did she feel like she needed to? Um, or? I yeah, I remember at the time when she was talking about doing it, we were all kind of shocked, like, Oh my god, you're getting rid of your Coke collection? I mean, that's your Coke collection and she I think she was ready. It was one of those things that had become a, a little bit of an anchor, you know. Yeah. And well I was gonna say going back to my comic book thing, I am actively trying to sell my comic books in that I'm beginning the process of inventorying the thousands of comic books I have and trying to get any money out of it. And I don't feel the pain. You know, like the reason I asked about your mom is because Personally speaking, this is something I've been collecting for, like I said, decades, and I don't feel the hurt of separation. Like, I know that I'm not excessive compulsive disorder about it because I want to get them the hell out of my place. I want to sell them. I want to get some money for them. I'm never, ever going to make the money back that I spent on them, but I want them done. So the collections come in so many different stripes that there's some people that would rather die and have them take away the, what they've been spending their entire life accruing. And then some people are like, you know what? I just hit the wall and I'm done. Get rid of it. I can have what I want out of it. I'm not enjoying it anymore. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what this had become for her. I think a little bit um, where it was a room, you know, that you had to walk by every day and it was, it was very, very charming. It was a, it was some really good vintage retro, like world war two era, you know, advertising and uh toy toy trucks delivery trucks and ornaments and um a lot of really 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 cool stuff and she ended up finding a buyer for it and it was almost a miracle because you know she was thinking about do i break this up do i take it to one of those ebay stores and have them do it you know leave it to the experts and it just i think that it it ended up being one of those things that uh, just worked out for it because somebody she found a single collector for it. I wonder how often people trip into collections. Like, you know, you say something to somebody offhand, hey, I kind of like, you know, stuffed zebras. And then <laughs> everybody gives you a stuffed zebra for the rest of your life. Like, yeah. One person's like, oh, she said she likes stuffed zebras. I'm going to give her one for her birthday. She says a joke. Oh, that was cute. Everybody else sees that you kind of liked it. And you know how it is. Like, if you find out somebody likes something, you're like, okay, it's easy to shop for them now because they like yeah. this. And every year you give them a stuffed zebra, but everybody else has that idea yeah. too. And also, you got a room full of freaking zebras. <laughs> and yeah. they're looking at you, and you know they're like stalking you and want to eat your soul. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, you're the crazy zebra person. Ah, I got you. Yes, and yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but you feel like you you can't stop because everybody else that's what you're known as, and this is what you're using a chef for. And if you just made an announcement one day at Thanksgiving, stop sending me goddamn zebras. I'm about <laughs> to lose my mind. Well, I, I hate have you. The same, but different uh, for that because. Uh, I married into a family very generous and didn't know a lot about me coming into the family. So uh, I think one of the first things, like uh, my wife and I started dating around football season. And so I was a little bit of a New England Patriots, you know, nut. And they saw that. And I think (laughs) every Christmas and every birthday since her whole side of the family gets me like New England Patriots stuff still to this day. Like wow. I, every single Christmas I'm getting New England Patriots stuff, but here's the thing is that's, that's all right by me. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I like getting it, you know, so when you I have that awkward dinner, conversation. I, there's, there's no awkward dinner conversation to, Hey, stop buying me Patriot stuff. Cause I'm, I'm enjoying it. I dig it. And they, it's like every year I got a Patriots shirt. I got a Patriots hat. I got, you know, and I, I wear it as you can see, not today, but I think I was looking at our, uh, our, our video chats that we're having every single one. I'm wearing a Patriots hat or sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, I was gonna say, the hat's always on. Sometimes but... both. <laughs> so that, that works for me. Um, I'd say, well, I'm trying to think of what the biggest collection could possibly be. And I got to say, it's probably, have you ever heard of Disneyana? Is that like Elsa's sister or was one? <laughs> no. <laughs> Disneyana is... Come on, that was kind of clever. That was very clever. Right. Uh, but if I go down Clever Street, I'm going to forget my train of thought here and it's going to be terrible. Uh, Disneyana was a coin... A, no, it's a term coin, but there are coins. Uh, term coin by collectors that covers all Disney memorabilia. And if you try to google it if you just go to google and type in disneyana um that would be um disney with an a and a after it uh that amount of stuff is almost never ending almost never ending because it encompasses everything so if you go to epcot center uh in may of 1986 they're going to have a May 1986 keychain for sale and maybe five different variations and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And that's just one tidbit of Disneyana. There's like, name it, T-shirts, drink stirrers, you know, puzzles, throw rugs. They've got everything you can imagine a Disney version of it for sale. That's only going to be for sale for this year. And then next year, it's not going to be for sale. So there's this endless, (laughs) yeah, endless void of Disney merchandise that is considered collectible that, uh, I don't, you'd never be able to catalog it. I think people have tried, but it's almost like something that is so (laughs) ridiculous. I'm, I'm waving to your dog. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I thought you were giving me the signal. No, no, no. <laughs> My dog is. Uh, he doesn't care though. <laughs> yeah, he he doesn't give a shit about anything. Um. Oh, except the squirrel outside. Yeah. If he could collect squirrel hides, I'm sure he so, would. So I think I've heard something about this. What you're talking about, like there's hierarchies, right? Like rules for doing this. So if you're gonna look at this up, you should do Disney Space Anna, and then type in rule. I believe it's 34, and then. Just delve right into it. Yeah, yeah, because it will never ever end. Yeah, so do that. Rule thirty four. Yeah. Rule thirty four. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why does that sound like a trap? Uh, no, no, it's not. It's not at all. <laughs> you will not see things you can't unsee at all. Um, but that—that's the biggest collection. Uh, this is some trivia foreshadowing. Mm. Just so you know. I'm ready. I I've been looking stuff up. I'm ready. Uh uh oh. You might you might have already looked up and we might have the same trivia question. No, I I delved away from it because I thought that might happen. So Oh, okay. You don't even know what my trivia question is gonna be. It's craziness. Well, I have literally. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Probably I'm gonna say a couple dozen unfinished collections in my possession. Including Garbage Pail Kids. Oh my god, yes. I love garbage pockets. Uh, mugs of all different varieties. Um, I've got I've got some 
weird collections that are, you know, will never be fulfilled simply because I don't have the desire to be a completionist about, um, I don't have the money. Um, but like, uh, I'm sad for some things that I've lost. Uh, yeah. my original Nintendo and the cartridges that came with it, I would love to have those. And a piece of me is thought I'd love to recreate that collection and all the cartridges that I had, I'd like to get again in some way. And that, <laughs> that to me would be a complete collection simply because it's the collection that I had growing up. Yeah. And so you never know what's going to be valuable to you at the time. Like it's always with hindsight, you know? Right. But I, I actually, I had, um, I had to put pump the brakes, uh, two or three weeks ago, I was in Bull Moose Music and they had um, a used copy of Blades of Steel. Oh my God, that you, was remember, greatest. You remember Blades of Steel? For the Blades of Steel. Uh, and I, I picked it up and I thought, I don't care how much this costs. This was part of my original collection of cartridges. I'm buying this and I'm going to make a run at putting together, recreating my collection of Nintendo cartridges. And then I saw it was seven bucks. And to be perfectly honest, that was not out of reach for me. I mean, seven dollars is to plunk down seven dollars on something stupid like that. That's a couple of friggin' iced coffees, you know. It's not. Yeah. It's certainly not going to break the bank. But there was, honest to God, there was a part of me that put it back down, and I said, "I'm, I'm not going to do it." Don't open I'm, this door. <laughs> I'm not going to open this door because I do have, uh, I do have a couple of cartridges from when I was a kid. They're not the originals that I had. They're ones that I've picked up since because I do have an old Nintendo um, that I bought off somebody and I do have a couple dozen cartridges and a couple of those are ones that I did own, but I've, it's only been an idea that's rattled around my head. It's not anything that I've decided I'm going to do this. And if there was ever a time, it was a couple of weeks ago when I saw Blades of Steel on the shelf <laughs> used, and I'm like, oh, I got to get that. And then, nope, not doing it. See, now, for my money, I actually, I, I did love Blades of Steel, but just Nintendo Ice Hockey was my game of choice when yep. I was a kid. Yeah, I didn't you know, have it. You could choose either a medium-sized guy, fat guy, or skinny guy, and a skinny guy with skin around looked like Michael Jackson. It was the greatest thing. But... <laughs> You just, like, you don't want to open this door unless you're really ready to open that door. Like, you start doing, like, cartridges from old, like, the actual original Nintendo cartridges. Mm-hmm. You're getting ready to commit yourself, you know? Yeah, because like, you, are- you have to go places to buy those. Like, it's one thing to collect things that are easily accessible. Like, yeah. um, there's a phenomenon amongst children nowadays that I'm sure has never gone away. Um, for me, it was when I was a kid, you'd go to the store and they'd have, remember Muscle Men? Yep. And it was by like, yeah. a bag full. Yeah. Little pink rubber, yep. like almost a racer style size. Yeah, they the cheapest, stupidest thing in the world, but you, I loved having them. <laughs> My dog just sneezed. Um, <laughs> that was a commentary, I think. Yes. But it, that's. You know, you wouldn't know what you were getting. You'd go and they came in like a, almost like a trash can. Yep. And I'll get ready for a dog to bark. Uh, They came in a trash can and they, um, you wouldn't know what you were going to get. So you'd open up the package and it would have like, you know, five different ones and you might have a few and whatever. But nowadays they have the same exact thing, only they're like super expensive. (laughs) And they're almost any variety you want uh those you've seen those funko pop acrylic figures nope <laughs> don't even know if what they're if it's something that is aimed for like kids or anything these days i am completely out of the league like these i don't know the hot toys for christmas i don't know any of that stuff I don't, I these are know. not made for kids they're made for adults really but, adult toys is that what you're talking about talk uh no we have a few in the house basically <laughs> they are um Six to seven inches tall, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, are we talking about adult toys or what's happening here? <laughs> uh, anyway, they are characters, favorite movie, TV show, genre, sports. They have exaggerated features. So if you oh, okay. get a vinyl, and they're in a series, and but that's what they have available for kids nowadays, and um, of all different sizes, different colors, different shapes. They have rare ones. They have ones that are common. They have. So some of these are in a bag and you don't know what you're getting. You have to go to the store. You have to plunk down three to five bucks, you know, take it out to your car. 
open it up and see which one you got, and that would go towards your collection. See, now this leads me to something I want to ask you about. Have you ever? I was gonna say, have you ever indulged in it, but maybe you just know somebody who, you know, quote unquote, collected something, but it was at least to you utterly ridiculous. Like you didn't even like. How can you call this a collection? You know. Um. Do you mean something like the what they have is weird, or the amount and the type that they have are weird? I would say even okay, what they have is weird might be one way to look at it, or even just it's not weird. Like it's a normal item, but that's the problem. It's just a normal item. Like there's nothing special about it. There's nothing unique. There's no story behind it. There's no rarity to it. Like hey, I like collecting you know bottle caps. Cool. So oh, I just every soda I drink, yeah. I keep the bottle cap. That that means nothing. That, I've seen a ton of bottle cap collections. But that's and, not okay. That maybe maybe that's even a bad example. Like I knew somebody, and I, if they're listening to this podcast, I'm sorry, but I'll throw you under the bus. Just who, don't name names. No, I'm not going to name names, but they know who they are. At one point in their life, said, "I'm going to collect T-shirts," and just kept T-shirts in a drawer and called that their collection. It wasn't like I went to Cancun and got a T-shirt. I went to Spring Break here and got a T-shirt. I went to Ireland and got t- no. It was. I saw this T-shirt at the mall. I bought it. It's part of my collection, and I just could not. Like that's not a that doesn't that's meaningless. You're not even wearing it most of the time. It's this pointless. What's the point? Yeah, yeah. I I know people that have collected like wine corks. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that's maybe meaningful to you, right? But it's maybe. trash. But it's trash. It's like you just took junk and said, "I'm not gonna throw it away." And I'm calling. <laughs> Boom! Respect it. That's right. Respect my cork collection. No, <laughs> no, that's a bunch of trash that you've just kept, and it's stinking up the place. Yeah, and it's gonna start falling apart pretty soon. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um. I know. I, I want to say there's some value to it. I know people that collect old. Um. Not not necessarily plates, but uh, old kitchen gadgets. It's the best way to put it. Like back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s when kitchen gadgets became a thing, they probably existed before that, but there was a there was an incentive to make your kitchen experience easier. You know, there was a I don't even I don't know how to say it without being like gender biased, but there was like this wave of let's make kitchen work easy for mom oh you know yeah, what i mean bread makers and salad shooters and stuff right like that. but they were all yeah. made solid they were made you know do you know anybody with a bread maker anymore uh we have a bread maker here in that we have a bread maker but yeah, it I doesn't mean, use, but not it is a 90s that's like huge and i don't know anybody that uses a bread yeah. maker anymore we have one. we don't we don't use it very often we use it we last time we used it we made dough with it we didn't actually break make bread mm. but um Anyway, there was a a slew of high quality kitchen gadgets from the forties and fifties and sixties that were, I guess, con- they're be considered antiques now. And I know somebody that collects those, and it's in they're in their kitchen, not being <laughs> used, but they're in their kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a whole bunch of unused old kitchen gadgets that just take up space. So. I mean, I guess that would never be considered worthless because you could probably turn that around and make some money. Somebody if... would like to buy like a, you know, whatever. I can't even think what a kitchen gadget from the 60s would look like. Well, like an Apple core that's made, you okay, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. some guy sat around thinking and even patented this one unique way that you could core an apple or something like that by sticking it on a spinning screwdriver. And look, it peels the apple. I mean, it takes most of the <laughs> apple with it, but hey. It There's juice matter. everywhere too. You can do both <laughs> at the same time. It's a juice. I'll give, give you another example, really quick. My grandma has collected little glass swans for yeah. I, at least the entirety of my life, if not maybe my mom's life too. She's got, and she kind of stopped. Like she years ago, she actually did stop buying these swans for the most part. But she's got like cabinets and shelving full of glass swans, and she's ninety. 91 years old now so she ain't got long and mm-hmm. all of us cousins and aunts and uncles all the descendants will argue over who has to take the swans now who gets the swans who has to take the swans um so yeah that's a collection that means nothing to like that sounds callous and cold maybe it is but we don't give a shit about the swans right uh it's i can hear though I I can think of a ceramic penguin collection that got somebody's ankles hobbled. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, Literally? I just I just did that. Uh, I'm thinking of the movie Misery. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, you have a dark family history. Holy shit! 
Yeah, no, that wasn't the movie. That was just Misery. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. You didn't I like Misery? Watched... No, no, no. I was just saying. Like, I watched oh, you, it hate, you hate being hobbled? I hate being hobbled. Yeah, I hate that it's too. It's a bad day. You got to reset uh, your bones. It's terrible. It's always a hassle. Yeah, and then those serial killers, they're collecting skin. Actually, Jeepers <laughs> Creepers. I like that I was movie. collecting faces, right? Eyeballs and whatnot. Yeah, it was a great movie. It was creepy yeah. as hell. Yeah, Jeepers Creepers was a pretty good movie. The sequel I don't, sucked, but the first yeah, one was pretty I good. I saw the sequel. I didn't even give it a try. Yeah, it was terrible. I can't say. I'll take your word for it. Crazy collections. What else? I mean, we talked about your talked about your uh, comic books. What else you collect? You know, I'm sitting there racking my brain. I can't. I bought. <laughs> Okay, I said the comic books were the worst part, but maybe that's a rival for the Magic the Gathering cards that I used to be really ah, into. There yes. we go. And I can't per se say I had a collection. I, I had decks because I used them. I, I played with it. It wasn't just like I put them on a shelf and you know kept them in a binder and just said, look, ooh, this is a rare one. I had some rare ones, but I never had the super rare expensive ones. But um, I used them. You know, I put them in my decks and I played because I liked playing the game. It was fun. Right. I never was into Dungeons and Dragons, but I was into Magic the Gathering for years. So me and my best friend would play. And yeah, we would buy boosters and, you know, we'd never throw anything away. We'd have boxes full of them and the good ones we'd have in sleeves. Just my friend, if anybody's into the game, back in the day, he had the complete set of Alliance, the Alliance expansion. Uh, He had all of them. And then he sold them all to buy, geez, what was it? This is something like, this was something that was very personally meaningful to him. He had the issue of Spider-Man that was the first appearance of Venom off and on throughout his life. That he would have it, then sell it, then buy it again, then sell it again. Recently, his wife found it and bought it again for him for like a birthday present within the last few years. And then he's like, I've never sold it. I'm done. I'm not selling this again. I'm keeping it for the rest of my life. I'm having this issue. (laughs) So yeah. So like, I believe he sold the the Alliance set for the, that issue again to get it again. I remember right. Or maybe he sold that to get money for a while. I don't know. But he had it. He had the full line set. Um I have a, a I know a few people that collect guns. Yeah. And my are, dad are like that. Yeah. Um I've got a little bit of a gun collection, but it's not it's not a collection in the sense that I, I have anything that is worth any money that I have some guns that are sentimental to me and then I have guns that are functional and guns that are fun. So those are all used. So now this this is an idea like would you, if you if you want to be a snob, could you say it's not a collection if it's not um, coherent? Like if it's not like a, a progression of things in a set or things in that has something to do with each other? Like, could you say it's a collection if all you have is yeah, I have a Glock and then I have a Smith and Wesson and then you know I just have these different guns. Whereas a real collection would be I have this year and then that year and then this entire production line of this one model, you know, something like that. I I think that is when it comes to guns and collecting guns there's no mistake about who's collecting and who's not gun collectors for the most part have pieces in their collection and to be perfectly honest they're really you you'd have to it would be a stretch to call something a set um i have uh one of my really close friends out in wyoming he and his father have uh, a set of revolvers that are one serial number off they're in sequence and that's a sentimental thing um he's he's a collector and he definitely has collection pieces um so you could call him a collector i guess but as far as like sets of guns it's not it's really hard to say it's the same thing as anything else that you could collect that would have um like a, a sequence of numbers that you could or you know they make when it comes to handguns and stuff like that, Glock makes a, a whole bunch of different varieties of handguns. If you had every single variety of Glock handgun, that's not practical in any way, shape, or form to have all those guns because you can only use one at a time unless you live in a video game and can have an endless <laughs> backpack of guns at your beck and call. Dimensional but, bag. You know, any any more than two or three guns at any single time is more than you're ever going to be able to use at once. So... You know, I want, I want to see somebody use three guns at once. Holy crap! <laughs> well, I mean, there's a there's an idea that you always have a backup oh, weapon, okay, gotcha. a backup gun, and you know that's concealed, whether it's your ankle or your waistband or something like that. And or then a crotch you, gun, a la, crotch, yeah, or a belt, on. a belt buckle, you know, a Derringer in your belt buckle or oh, something yeah. like that. But uh, I mean, there's a a practical use for like a backup weapon, you know, a, a handgun on your hip, and then a rifle. You know that that would be a 
that would be a good end of the world apocalyptic setup, but it's really not practical for trying to protect yourself by, you know, just going to pump some gas in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> you don't want to, <laughs> you probably don't need to go all out that way, but, um, don't need to, but yeah, you know, just do it. You would certainly make a point. Yeah. yeah. Listen, motherfuckers, I'm here to pump gas, kill people. We're all out of gas. <laughs> That's like a bad back scenario. <laughs> but so what I'm thinking of is, like if I have if I if I talk to somebody that talks about their collection and they say like I don't know I have all of you know detective comics from issue 1 through 500 except I don't really have all of them I have issue 1 and then issue 454 and then issue 343 and then issue 500 like they they keep missing huge gaps I would just look at them and say I'm sorry buddy you don't have a collection you just don't I I disagree. Like, what I'd say that is a you, I'd say you have a collection, but you don't have a set. Okay, that, so there's a difference between collection and this. That would be... Now, if they were actively seeking the ones that are missing, then I could say, okay, you're working on your collection. But personally speaking, I would not say he owns a collection of Detective Comics. Yeah. He has some of the constituent parts of Detective Comics. Yeah. Um, well, I have... Uh, what? Just to go back... I have the glasses, a set of glasses, four glasses from Burger King from back when um, Empire Strikes came out. So they had four different glasses with different designs. They did four for New Hope, four for Empire Strikes Back, four for Return of the Jedi. I have all of Empire Strikes Back and I have all Return of the Jedi. I don't have any of A New Hope. Mm -hmm. My idea is one day I will have them all. So I don't have the set, but I have a collection of them. And I'm very proud those yeah but so they're also incredibly difficult to come by unless i want to drop a buttload of money on ebay i guess i would put collection in two categories collection with a period and collection with an ellipsis <laughs> so yeah so like okay i have a collection like i said like I, like I said before like somebody that's actively working on or even still kind of hoping one like i, I guess you're probably not actively trolling ebay for new hope glasses like i do i actually i have a a a search ebay has this ability now where you can put in things that you want to search for like it's got a constant search and it continually updates me so i could go in and yeah yeah, and i could type in i'm looking for this specific thing and it will email me whenever they become available on ebay so yes i do have that and i am actively seeking but if i if i just said you know what i'm good with these eight glasses i don't care about the other four You'd probably be right. I'm I'm now abandoning all hope on <laughs> getting those, so my collection will never be complete. If it's not a hoot, if it's not a new hope, it's no hope at all. All right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I would tell you, and this is me being maybe a collection Nazi or just just an elitist, plain old dick. Yes, an elitist. I keep coming back to that theme. I don't know why. Yeah. But if you told me I have a collection of Star Wars glasses, I have a new, I have Empire, I have Jedi. Yeah, I don't have New Hope, but I'm not. I, I don't want to bother with that. I'm like, then you don't have a collection. You have an incomplete, you know, wish of a dream of a wisp of a. <laughs> well, what about things that aren't? Uh, and then that would be a dick, and we wouldn't be friends anymore. <laughs> but what about I things mean, that are what? You can quantify comic books. You can quantify glasses, but something like guitars. Let's just say you're never right. going to be able to buy all the guitars. That's still a collection. Like, that's a collection because it's not does not have pre-arranged, preconceived brackets. Like nobody's gonna really think you can have all the guitars. Like there's no way to complete it. So it's a collection in that I have this item that stands on its own that has value. Then I have this item that's related to it but still stands on its own that has value. Like you're never gonna complete you're never gonna buy every baseball card in the world, you're never gonna buy every comic book in the world. But if you have a beginning point and an end point to a set of items, like you said, a set. Mm-hmm. And you could say, I have a collection that I'm working on, but I'm not completed yet. Whereas if you haven't completed that, you'd say, I have, you could not say I have a collection because you don't have, like it's, it's it's semantics for the most part. But really, to me, if I wanted to collect classic, if I was a millionaire and I wanted to collect classic automobiles, I could say, this is my collection of classic. If I was Jay Leno, I could say, this is my collection of classic automobiles. I'm not going to own every model of every company in the world that had what's considered a classic automobile, but I still have a collection. You know, if I wanted to, if I was an alien and I wanted to collect people from every race and <laughs> keep them in my stasis chambers, cool, great. That's a finite collection. If I was missing, you know, uh, Aborigines from, Atl- 
from Alaska, Alaska, Jesus, Aborigines from Australia, <laughs> then I would not have a full collection. That was a weird example. Well, I guess if you go back to guitars, how many is a collection? Like, sure, but, sure. Get away from the aliens, I guess. <laughs> I'm trying to deflect. Trying to, <laughs> no, uh, but say I go to a concert and I'm in the front row and like Eric Clapton signs a guitar and gives it to me in the crowd. Let's just say that happened. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sitting here and I don't have any other guitars, but I got this one guitar hanging up on the wall. <laughs> That's a good question. Do I have a collection of guitars if I have one guitar? But it's a special guitar. Yeah, it would be the envy of like millions of people if you had that guitar. I would. Like, there'd be that. people that would have a collection that wouldn't have that. So that's what gives it. Well, that's what gives it value. I would say no. You would not if if you never sought out another guitar, never had another guitar that was in the same, even approaching the same level. Like you know, I you know, I have a guitar that was signed by Slash. You know, nothing like nothing. If you had nothing else, Mm -hmm. I I would say no. You cannot call your one Eric Clapton guitar a collection. You could call it memorabilia. If you set it next to that one that you know you got drunk and set on fire at a party one <laughs> smashed over to somebody's head. If you set it next to that, so now you've got Eric Clapton's guitar next to your old busted one. Is that a collection? Right. Yeah, my buddy Chad has garage band. I got his guitar. So yeah, I got Eric Clapton's guitar. I got Chad's guitar. Yeah. So I got a collection. Well, fuck. I call that a collection. Why not? <laughs> I guess you really can't define what you constitute a collection as long as you're working on it. Yeah, as long as you're working on it. And That's more those than the... one. Hmm. I need to start collecting yeah. humans. Yes. Start with the aborigines so you don't have that problem that I just described. Keep them in my stasis chamber. That is totally, there's something racist about what I said, but I can't put my finger on it. I don't know. (laughs) I don't think it's racist. I just think that there's probably a a lack of aboriginals, especially from Alaska. (laughs) Technically speaking, the word aboriginal applies to any indigenous person. But yes, I was culturally, culturally wrong in saying that. All those A countries countries okay i'm just Con- gonna stop talking continents alaska is neither its own country or its continent so i guess and australia is both a continent and a country and a country so all those a sounding words all words that start with a get confused in my head alaska australia aardvark it's all the same oh well good i think it's been good yes. collections <clears throat> is there anything else Got you'd it. like to talk about collections yeah does anybody want to buy a comic book collection Probably about ten thousand comic books. I'll take any bidders. Just contact me. Seriously, I'll, I'll give I'll you five dollars cash. Five. I'm thinking about it. Will you pay, pay the home away at the same time? Okay, ten bucks. Damn. Just to cover. <laughs> that'll cover shipping. Cover shipping. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, my trivia question actually is about collections. All right. So let me segue. Stop it to me. What is the largest number or largest collection of books in one place? Okay, I did not look this up. Does that like like who has it or what's the number? Either. I'll take either. Okay, I'd say who is Vatican? No. Yeah. Okay, then it's like Bill Gates or something. <laughs> Library of Congress. Oh yeah. Jeez. I mean, well, I've been to the Library of Congress. I should have thought of that. 162 million books. Yeah, because their whole thing is they gotta take get at least one copy of every book printed, right? Maybe they have that one of Mein Kampf that doesn't have the footnotes. I guarantee it. You ever go? You probably probably never got a library conference. I have never been. It's surreal. You go there and you cannot look at. You can't. You can't get your own books. You can't just go to the show and pull a book off and start reading it. You had to sit down and write down what you want. Somebody has to go get them. I've known people that said they wanted like, oh, I want you know Life magazine for this for the fifties, and they came back with a gigantic stack of Life magazines because they weren't specific enough. That was the job of the people that worked there. Yeah. And the person wow. like was shooting the evil eye. Then the person I knew that did it was like, "I'm so sorry. I should have been specific. I'm so sorry." He's like, "Whatever, just enjoy or something." And just walked away. Better get busy. Yeah. yeah, I've seen I've seen National Treasure, so you know it's almost All like right. being at the You're Library right. of Congress. Nick Cage can't teach you what's up. Nobody can. Doesn't he? Oh, it's such a good movie. He goes and he pulls like the book and it explains that there's aliens or it's like the book of what presidents know, the secrets that presidents know or something. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Something like that. I like those movies. I do too. I think they're coming out with a third one. What? Nick Cage is making a movie? No. No, I refuse to believe it. Go. Okay. My trivia question. What is your trivia question? All right. I am going to ask you, I, I probably... I got a theme because I kind of did this last week, if I remember right. I got a phobia. I want to see if you can figure out what the phobia is for. Okay. So it's called, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing this wrong, anatidophobia. 
A N A T I D A E phobia. Well, that sounds like you're afraid of anatomy. It would, wouldn't it? But you'd be wrong. Anatophobia? Yes. Anat- anatidophobia. Anatida? Yeah, anati, like A N A T I D A E phobia. Anatidophobia. Fear of the Illuminati. Maybe it's related. I don't know. I got nothing. I don't know. All right. This was probably a hard, hard one than, <laughs> than I deserved. Yes. I know. I'm sorry. But I love this one. And I've heard about this years ago. And it's the greatest thing ever. Oh, and wow. antiphobia is the person suffering from this feels that somewhere in the world, a duck or a goose is watching him or her. Uh, I've actually not, heard that before. Not attacking or touching, just watching. Yeah. It's fear that a duck is watching. It comes from the Greek word anatide, which means duck. So anatidophobia. Somewhere. In the world, not just nearby. Somewhere in the world, a duck so a is duck watching you. could be watching this webcam right now. And if I'm afraid of that, I have anatidophobia. Fascinating. I am afraid of that. I don't like that idea. That somewhere in Australia, Alaska, some duck is watching me. Yeah, but I mean, aren't you kind of a little bit flattered that a duck would be spending its time watching you? I mean, I'm turned on. Right. Make no mistake, but it's still kind of creepy. I say you just go with it, man. Just start taking your clothes off. <laughs> All right, Donald, let's do this. Yeah. Okay, duck, you, you're going to get more than you bargained for. <laughs> you didn't wear pants my whole childhood. Now it's my turn not to wear pants. <laughs> oh, ducks. Oh, Donald. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. Yes. Now we, we can delve into the weird gray zone of obsession and duck watching. Add it to our collection of podcasts. That's right. Time to sign off. All right. Well, I'm um, not Fox Mulder. I am Duck Mulder. Duck Mulder. Coming with you with uh, Bob Scully, as From always. Alaska, Australia. Alaska, Australia. Get me in your Monday milk. Get me in your Monday milk. Oak Nuggins. All right. See you later. See you, bye.